Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN starts on this Monday after... I mean, was that as good a day of football as you could possibly ask? I mean, real. I mean, unless unless your team was on the losing end of it, of course. And you know how the game works. One team's got to win. One team's got to lose. But if you didn't have a dog in the fight, and I guess that I'm speaking to you know mostly the Jet fan and even the Giant fan. You know, Jet fans and Giant fans. Giants won. Jets didn't even play. You didn't have to suffer an anguish in any sort of way. But that was as fun a day of football as you could possibly want. You know, and some of these teams that maybe had a hard time moving the football yesterday and couldn't get anything going offensively, maybe they could have taken their cue from the Oklahoma City Thunder, who apparently, you know, didn't face any obstacles in Madison Square Garden earlier in the day in terms of defense and, you know, trying to get stopped or anything like that. We'll have a few things to say about the Nick debacle a little bit later on in the program. But it is a football Monday. It is an overreaction Monday. We love overreaction Monday. Do we not? Even though there isn't a heck of a lot to overreact to as far as the Giants were concerned. But, you know, there are some things that we can maybe pick apart here and there. And we will do just that because, you know, Friday when we talked to you and we laid it out as to how things would go here for the Giants or how things were supposed to go, at least for the Giants. Bottom line was you need to take care of business, right? You have a very winnable opponent coming into your building in Houston. Arguably, worst team in the NFL. Right up there in the discussion, that one of the select few. Take care of business, right? Stick to the formula. Stick to what got you here. Stick to what got you to six and two. Even though you're going into the bye, and even though you lost your previous game before you went into your week off. But just don't deviate from who you are. Stay true to yourself, your identity. And you know what? Over the course of 60 minutes yesterday, Giants got back to that. Even more so because look at what the final score was. Hey, it was a one-score game, right? That's what the Giants do. They don't blow teams out. They don't win comfortably. Although, I mean, if you were watching that game yesterday, you probably didn't think that there was any sort of danger that the Giants were maybe going to lose the game. Not me. I mean, I know that, you know, Houston made things a little bit interesting there towards the end. But the bottom line was, I, I, I mean, Giants, you knew that they had that game under control. And what was going to be the formula to do it? You knew the Texans had the worst run defense in the NFL. Run, 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 run the football. And that's what they did. They fed Saquon early. They fed Saquon often. And the Giants were the ones that reaped the reward. Saquon had a huge game. Huge game. En route to what an unbelievable comeback season he is having. So much so that, remember in the summer we thought that maybe this was going to be the swan song for Saquon? as a member of the Giants. Remember even in the first few weeks of the season when the Giants started winning a couple of games and Saquon was playing really, really well? The conjecture and all the talk was maybe like, hey, well, Giants aren't going anywhere this year. Giants aren't going to win anything. But now you have a chip in Saquon Barkley who's playing outstanding football. Maybe, just maybe, if you're the Giants, 
you look to unload him before the trade deadline. Remember that? Remember we were having those conversations. It wasn't that long ago. And you know what? I thought at the time it made a hell of a lot of sense. I stand by that because I did not think deep down that this team would be sitting here where they are right now. It's 7-2 and two, and what a one-way ticket to the NFC playoffs because that's where they're going, folks. Giants are going to the playoffs. Nothing is going to steer this train off the tracks. Nothing. And yesterday, you know, you step out on that field, you got the Texans coming in, and they started off slow a little bit. I mean, because that's what the Giants do. Giants aren't really a great first-half team. It's only a 7-3 game at the break, but they got going in the second half, as they tend to do. And the quarterback yesterday, you know what? See, this is where numbers and statistics get skewed a little bit. So if you didn't watch the game and you just look at the box score, for example, you see Daniel Jones, and he had like a perfect quarterback rating, or close to it. I don't even know what the perfect rating is anymore because they keep changing. 153.3 was the rating because he was 13-17, threw a couple of touchdown passes. And when you talk about quarterback rating, and that's why I don't put a lot of stock into it, like the traditional QB uh, QB rating, that was meant to reward – completion percentages, not turning the football over. You throw a couple of touchdown passes, great. But, you know, you go look at some of, like, the the all-time leaders in quarterback ratings, for example. It it wasn't necessarily the best quarterbacks. It was the guys that weren't turning the football over, you know, that had a high completion percentage. You know, and the completion percentage, that could be translated as nothing more than just dinking and dunking up and down the field. Safe, controlled, intermediate throws that really aren't challenging or taxing too much. It's playing smart football. But your numbers are going to look good at the end of the day if you don't make any critical errors. And Daniel Jones yesterday, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to throw cold water on what he did. He did exactly what the game plan asked him to do. And it was efficient, and it was a winning performance. And really, if you're a Giant fan, you can't be disappointed. Like, I know that we wanted to see more from Daniel Jones, and at least is where I'm sitting right now, maybe the jury is still out for next year. Like, I don't know if this is your guy yet that you want to pledge your allegiance to and say, okay, yeah, for the next five years, this is going to be the guy. We have to lock up Daniel Jones for years and years and years to come. I I don't know that that's the case. I really don't. And you know what? It's a good thing that the Giants still have eight more games because I think these eight games are going to be important. And you know what? It's probably going to be more than eight games because the Giants are going to play a playoff game too. So you're going to have more than eight games. And so second half of the season, down the stretch, they have a greater importance. You want to see what this guy's made of. I mean, I'll tell you, what a, you know what a good test is going to be? Good test is going to be when the Giants go toe-to-toe with an opponent that comes in there with a top defense that is going to shut down the running game, like for the most part, what Seattle did in the previous game. And then you end up putting the game on the quarterback's shoulders to where let's see what he can do, right? Let's see if he can go out there and make plays when he has to, throw the football, all those type of things. Can he protect the football? Can he move his team up and down the field? And can he walk off that field a winner? Because those are the things that really a quarterback is measured on more than anything else. And I don't know if we have that answer yet with Daniel Jones. But, see, I'm not sitting here trying to look at this as like the glass is half-empty approach with the Giants. Because there really isn't a lot to be disappointed about at all. And what I like about what the Giants and what Brian Dayball are doing right now, and really this is the mark of a really, really good coach. He's playing to the strengths of his players, right? Case in point, the quarterback. 
You know, think about where Brian Dayball was previously. He was up there in Buffalo, working with Josh Allen, making him into an all-pro type player. They were really a pass-heavy offense up there in Buffalo, right? I know that the quarterback could run the ball and he could make plays with his legs and whatnot, but Buffalo didn't really rely on the run game when Dayball was up there. They were a pass-heavy offense. You know, Dayball was up there once upon a time with the New England Patriots. You know, with Bill Belichick and a guy by the name of Tom Brady. It wasn't a run-heavy offense. You know, the Patriots, all those years with that offense, they would use, like, those quick screens and short throws and use those as almost design runs, but they were pass plays. So now you have Dayball come down here and working with Daniel Jones, and he's like, okay, I have a quarterback on my hands who maybe isn't used to throwing the ball 40, 50 times, isn't used to necessarily having an entire offense on his shoulders. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to maybe revert away from what I usually do, and I'm going to tinker my offense into what is his strengths as the guy who's going to be operating it. So he turned this team and he turned this offense into what? A run. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So you sit here now and you discuss, okay, what is it going to take to retain Saquon Barkley, right? And apparently we found out that the two sides spoke during the bye week a couple of weeks ago. And they weren't really able to come to any sort of an agreement. You know, they laid out their position, one side versus the other. And they agreed that they're going to revisit talks at the end of the year. I mean, Saquon has, you know, made it no secret that this is indeed the place that he wants to be. And he was asked about those contract talks specifically after the game yesterday. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we got into a little bit of conversation, but at the end of the day, put that in the past. That was a bye week. Obviously, we weren't able to come to agreement on the bye week, and my mindset is just focus on the rest of the season. Next week, going to Detroit and let it go. When that, when that opportunity comes up again, focus on it then. And he's happy to be a part of the Giants' turnaround as well. Being healthy during it, not something that I'm shocked about. You know, I believe in having positive thinking. You know, I've been vocal about it when I was hurt that, you know, I feel like we're going to get back on track, and, you know, I want to be part of the reason to help us get back on track. Like, part of me is surprised that we're even sitting here having this conversation. Like I said, back in the summertime, I would have thought that this was going to be it for Barkley in a giant uniform. You know, you hoped that he was going to be able to put all the injury stuff behind him, and he was going to be able to maybe get his career back on the right foot, and he would stay healthy and produce and all those things. But you didn't really know necessarily how this regime truly felt about him because, after all, he was drafted by the other guy. I don't have to say his name. You know who it is. Right? And he's a running back. And especially given the head coach at the time, like I said, it's a guy who came from a system that was more pass happy up in Buffalo, and you didn't know necessarily how many eggs he would want to put in the basket of a running back because running backs wear down, right? But Saquon just seems to be getting stronger here. And you're not talking about an aging player yet, he's only 25 years old. So if you think about how much football and top-shelf football he still has, if you go by the old running back cliche, right, it's always once you hit 30, that's when you fall off a cliff if you're a running back. Unless you're somebody like Curtis Martin who just kept going and going and going, and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Curtis Martin, remember, won a rushing title when he was 31 years of age. He ran for almost 1,700 yards in 2004. Not saying the same thing is going to happen here with Saquon Barkley, but... Right now, it looks like he's more than capable of getting the job done for a couple of more years. So what is it going to cost? How many resources are you willing to allocate? Giants are going to have cap space going into next season. They didn't have any this year because of the other guy. But they're going to have some cap space once 2023 rolls around. Franchise tag going into this season for a running back in the NFL was $9.5 million. Now, you could say to yourself, well, Saquon's played better than that this year. He's earned himself a contract that's worth more than nine and a half million bucks. I would agree with you. So that's a last resort option. Like if you're not able to come to any sort of an agreement, you could always slap the franchise tag on him. All right. But if you're Saquon and you're trying to get paid and you want to get rewarded for the season you're having this year, which is, you know what, his right, as anybody's right would be. The highest paid running back in the NFL right now is Christian McCaffrey with San Francisco. He's getting paid 16 million a pop. With the 49ers. Okay, so that's the benchmark as far as AAV is concerned. Saquon probably wants to top that. If you're talking about deal and, and, and overall guarantees of a contract, well, that's another story. Depends how the contract is going to be structured. And I don't know how many years he's looking for. Even though in the National Football League, year, the years on a contract don't really mean anything. It's more about just, you know, the guaranteed money more so than anything else. I don't know how the Giants truly feel. Maybe the Giants want to go something shorter term and, you know, get the guaranteed money out of the way early so that if, God forbid, an injury happens, the Giants guard themselves and they have a little bit of protection so they're not saddled with a bad contract and a lot of, you know, dead cap money for years to come. They don't probably want to do anything like that. So that's why these things take some time. But I do believe in what each side is saying and that there is genuine interest in one another. And at this point, I would be surprised if Saquon Barkley is not wearing a giant uniform, even if it is by virtue of the franchise tag for 2023.
All right, 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Let's get to some phone calls here. Sharif is in Staten Island. He is going to be our leadoff hitter tonight. Dan Grasser Show, 9870 ESPN. Sharif, how are you? Hey, what's up, Dan? Um, look, I'm a Giant fan since from way back. But, you know, look, um, they beat Houston yesterday. You know, he's going, what, 13 for 19 or whatever it was. I truly believe that for the Giants to make any type of chance, I mean, look at the, the Chicago Bears. I'm not saying that he's uh, Fields. But you see how many, run, how many times he runs, he's not being touched. The Giants need to design at least 15 times a game where he pops back and runs to the side, to the middle, because he does that with no-name wide receivers, they'll be open. They have to, they have, to have the same concept with fields. I'm not saying he's going to run 60 yards, but if he runs 10 yards and get a first down, and you do that about 10 times a game, the Giants have a chance to beat anybody. Here's the thing that scares me about that. And I thank you for the phone call, Sharif. I hear what you're saying. I think that Brian Dayball, up until now, has done a good job in utilizing Daniel Jones' athletic ability. You know, you're seeing a lot of design runs. You're seeing play-action stuff. But you got to guard against that, too. Because Daniel Jones is somebody, remember, who already has dealt with a neck injury in his career, is he not? Didn't that cut short last season, dealing with a neck injury? Like, you don't want to risk that with a quarterback because he's too damn important for you more than anything else. Do you realize this year, and we're only talking about a guy who's been in the league for four years. You know, we're not talking about some gray beard. But so far this year in only nine games, Daniel Jones has already set a career high in rushing attempts. Nine games! So it's working. And I think that it's something that Brian Dayball likes utilizing because he looks at it, I think, from a perspective of an offensive play call and, you know, throw Mike Kafka's name in there too, the offensive coordinator. They work in tandem. But I think it's a way for them to try to keep the opposing defense on their toes and keep them honest and saying, okay, now when the quarterback drops back, we're not just having a guard against him throwing the ball, that he could tuck it under and run and try to do something special there as well. And it's worked for the Giants. You know, you could still be a run-heavy football team, not just because of what Saquon Barkley's doing for you, but also what the quarterback can provide. But maybe it's just me and I'm a little bit more old school. I, I, I still harbor some reservations about wanting my quarterback getting out there in the open field where he's in a position to have to absorb some big hits. And I understand that the rules have been curtailed a lot over the years because they're making the game safer and you can't even breathe on a quarterback. And, and remember, when a quarterback tucks it under and runs, he's a ball carrier. So if you're a defensive player, you can go level him just like you would a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. It doesn't matter. But unfortunately, the refs still don't look at it the same way because defenders who are going over and making plays on quarterbacks, if they get them a certain way, they throw a flag, which to me is not fair. And especially you have that gray area to where the quarterback might be giving himself up where he's sliding feet first to kind of end the play. Okay, you got me. But if you're a defender already and you're already making your move to go make the tackle, you can't contort yourself in midair like the Matrix to avoid hitting him up high, and that's when the flags get thrown onto the field. But you know what? If the quarterback gets hit, the quarterback gets hit, and he might not recover. Did you see the pop that Justin Herbert got last night in the Sunday night game? The dude got thrown out of the game, which it was helmet to helmet. I don't think it was intentional in any way, shape, or form, but Herbert took a good wallop, and I'm shocked that he just shook that off as if nothing happened. He's one of the fortunate ones because – that was a nasty hit, and you don't want your quarterback, you don't want your franchise ever being subjected to something like that. 
800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls and also, guys, we got to put our heads together. We got to figure this out. What the hell's going on with Kenny Galladay? Because there may not be any more perplexing item in the entire National Football League than what's happening to this guy this year. Really. Took another strange turn yesterday. Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Just as far as the uh, rest of the week shakes up, we're going to have a lot of shows this week because uh, basketball or the hockey team, rather, is uh, heading out west. Same for the basketball team. So we're going to have an opportunity to do some shows. Tomorrow we'll have a two-and-a-half-hour extravaganza, so we'll take it right up until 9.30 when the uh, Knicks game gets underway out there in Utah. Wednesday, same thing, till 9.30, if I'm not mistaken. Thursday I'm going to be in for Greeny earlier in the day from 10 a.m. to noon, so mark your calendars there. And then Friday, we'll also have a, uh, a show till 9.30 uh, until – oh, no, maybe that's a full one on Friday. I think the Knicks might be in Golden State, if I'm not mistaken. So either way, we're going to have shows tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, either close to or full programs, and then Thursday we'll be in for Greeny uh, for a couple hours at 10 a.m. in the morning. So uh, Yay! Mark, there you go. Mark your calendars. Plan accordingly. So – the Kenny Galladay situation, you know, we talked about it last week that he was being worked into practice. It seemed as if he was going to be mixed into the game plan after sitting out the last four. And the point I was making was, look, he's here. You're already paying him all this money. I don't care if the guys in charge now were the ones that didn't give him the contract. You might as well use him, right? He's here. Like if somebody gave you something as a gift, Right. And it's just like kind of sitting there and you really haven't used it much and it's collecting dust like you might as well use it. Even if you have other things that you like, for instance, if somebody gives you a vacuum cleaner, you don't want it, but it's there. You know, someday you're going to go clean the house. You figure, hey, you know what? That's I, it's here. I can't get rid of it yet. I might as well just use the darn thing and see how well it works. That's my attitude with the Giants and Kenny Galladay. Right. Just just use it. Maybe you moved into a house and they, like, left it behind for you. It might not be your cup of tea, but it's like, hey, I'll use it. It's here. It still works, I think. So they tried to use him yesterday. Threw him a couple of passes in the first half. 
two drops. Now, to be fair, to be fair, if you watch the game, the first throw from Daniel Jones on the crossing route was maybe a little bit out in front of him. Just a tad. I know it's the NFL, and if you're getting paid all that money and it hits your hands, you should make the catch. I get it. Maybe you could have lunged for it. You could have dove, but the pass was not entirely perfect. Okay, but still, catch the damn ball. Second one, I, I, I can't make any excuse. You got to catch that pass. I could catch that pass. He hit him literally right in the numbers. You got to bring that in. And you know what? Brian Dayball agreed because we didn't see Kenny Galladay the entire second half. That was it. They went up to him at halftime, and they said, kid, you're out. Isaiah Hodgins is in. So now what? Where do you go from here? You know, is this thing salvageable? I thought it was. I really and truly thought it was until yesterday. Brian Dayball, by the way, he gave a, how can I put this, brief response when asked about Kenny Galladay's struggles. I mean, it's just after, it's after one game. You never know what can happen week to week. Go out there and try to have a good week of practice and take it day by day. How about you? I would say, you know what, catch the damn ball. Right? Nothing more, nothing less. Catch the football. You're a wide receiver. When the quarterback throws you the ball, you are supposed to catch it. That's what got you all the money. Do you believe, like, if you just, like, landed on planet Earth and you just started learning football, and you watch that Giant game yesterday. If you watched the Giants this year and you knew nothing about Kenny Galladay, and if somebody said to you, do you know that guy led the entire NFL in touchdown catches just a few years ago? The entire NFL. You probably would have thought I needed to be drug tested for telling you that. Oh, but no, that please. is true. That is 100% true. So what do you do now? And I give Kenny Galladay credit. You know what? He's not making any excuses. He's not sulking. He's not pouting. He owned it afterwards in the locker room yesterday, knowing full well that, hey, man, it, I'm going to keep working hard. I don't know what it is, but, hey, I, I, hopefully it'll all come together one day. Like, what is the point of no return if you're the Giants? He ain't going anywhere this year. You're not kicking him to the curb. You couldn't trade him, and they're not going to release him because, you know what, you don't want to eat up all that dead cap money. It's still going to be there next year. You can maybe look to restructure, but if you go ahead and restructure, that's still going to be money that you're dealing with next year when the guy, there's no guarantee he's even going to be on your team. And I would be surprised if he's on the team next year given the way things have gone so far here in 2022. But you just got to keep doing the same thing. Just, you know, run him out there. Giants got all these injuries. I mean, you got Sterling Shepard who's sitting there and he's a great cheerleader on the sidelines. He's getting the team pumped up, the crowd pumped up. God bless him. But like, it, it, it's like week to week. I mean, who's the contestant in the Giants wide receiver room who's not going to be able to play this week? Come on down. They're going to need Galladay. Like I said earlier, there's going to be games like Seattle a couple of weeks ago where running game ain't going to be there. Teams are going to key in on Barkley, and they're going to shut him down, and then Daniel Jones is going to have to throw the ball. You might as well get him guys that he could throw to. It was great to see my boy Lawrence Cager make a big play yesterday. You know, he's a guy that came over from the Jets, got caught in a numbers crunch there, and now he's getting a second chance with the Giants, and he's out there making plays. Good for him. But Kenny Galladay's got talent. He's got ability. But for some reason, it just ain't working. Subi in Manhattan. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Subi, how are you? Hey, Dan. Regarding these Barkley negotiations and also the wide receiver, first the Barkley negotiation, what, the going rate right now is similar to the Kamara 
McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook deals. So if the Giants offer them that hit him that that doesn't that's that's the going rate. So that's fine. But if Barkley's expecting more, then he can test the free agent waters and try to get more. And that's the funny thing is that all these players they they try to get more money, and if if that's a going rate, then some other team's going to offer it. I don't think any other team cares to for running back. I think the advantage, and Sue, we got to let you go there. The phone is uh, dying out there on the line, but I appreciate the phone call. I don't think that another team in the NFL, even though Barkley's leading the league in rushing right now, I don't think there's other teams in the NFL that are going to value Saquon Barkley as much as, let's say, the Giants do because they know the player, and there's a mutual interest there. Not to say that he's going to give him a hometown discount, but again, Barkley at the end of the day, despite the fact that he's having a great year and he's a supremely talented player, he is a running back. And it's almost like a scarlet letter that's attached to you. You are a running back. And that's how other teams are going to try to box you in to where they're not going to throw big-time crazy dollars at you, I think, if you come from someplace else. Like, you mentioned, you know, Subi mentioned those guys, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey just got traded. But when you think about the contracts that were given to all these guys, they were by the teams that they began their careers with. Right? They were second contracts. They weren't going out in free agency and getting them. Le'Veon Bell tried to play that game once upon a time, and we know how that worked out. Jets overpaid for his services, and he was shot as a player. Shot. 800-919-3776. That's our telephone number. When we come back, you know what? Jets didn't play a game yesterday. They still had themselves a pretty good day, if you know what I'm talking about. And then we'll go around the NFL and what was a crazy, exciting frantic week 10 in the National Football League. Dan Grasso till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Right? Why not? Um, Rookie of the Year awards were just announced in Major League Baseball. No surprise, really, for either one. Julio Rodriguez wins it in the American League side, the outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. He gets all but one first-place vote, so nearly unanimous. Adley Rutschman got the other vote, the catcher for the Orioles. And in the National League, Atlanta Braves won two. You know, it would be, but you didn't know who would be one. It was Michael Harris, the outfielder, who was just had a sensational season. Spencer Strider, his teammate, the pitcher, finished number two. And, yeah, Met fans, good luck. you got to deal with those guys for the next five, six years, probably, since they're under 
already long-term contracts. Great job by Atlanta locking up all that young talent so they can continue to be a menace for years and years and years to come. Um, Jets didn't play yesterday, but you know what? I'd say they'd have a pretty good day, don't you think? When you consider that they got some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. You had, of course, Buffalo losing in the epic game against the Minnesota Vikings. So now the Jets are in second place in the AFC East because right now they got the tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills because they beat them, of course, just last week at MetLife Stadium. They also got a loss from the Chargers, who blew a lead last night in Santa Clara and fell to the 49ers. So the Chargers are now 5-4 and four and dropped behind them in the wild card standing. So all in all, good day. I think the only result that didn't go the Jets' way yesterday that maybe you wanted was the Dolphins beating the Cleveland Browns. So the Dolphins right now are a half game up on the Jets and the Bills, I guess, in the AFC East. But you know what? If the Jets take care of business on Sunday up in Foxborough against the Patriots, they're going to walk off that field in first place in the AFC East because Miami's got the bye next week, and the Jets, of course, beat Miami already this year, so they have the tiebreaker. Jets could be a first-place team if they're able to finally, finally, exercise the demon known as the New England Patriots, having dropped 13 straight games to them. And I don't know about you. I think it's time, right? Don't you think it's time they're due? Enough is a freak enough already. How about beating the Patriots? That too much to ask, right? And we'll see. Richard in Manhattan, he's up next on 98.7 ESPN. Richard, how are you? Hello, Richard. Richard going once. I will move on from Richard. Richard isn't there. He's not paying attention. Usually Richard's on his game. Oh, that's, that's too bad. It's too bad. I'm sure he'll call back, though. Richard is very, uh, very, very aggressive with his phone calls. Um, you know, Robert Sala spoke today, by the way. Just a couple of injury updates coming off of the bye week. Thankfully, no serious injuries like the Giants suffered with the Xavier McKinney injury with the ATVs. Everybody was on their best behavior while they were away for a few days. Max Mitchell's practice window is going to be started. So now he's got three weeks before the Jets decide, can he play, can he not play? But the window starts now, so they're going to work him back little by little. He did a decent job playing the right tackle position uh, this year, the first few weeks before he got injured in that Pittsburgh game. Corey Davis is still day-to-day. Don't know if he'll necessarily be ready. You'll find out more on Wednesday, of course, when it comes to availability. But, you know, getting Corey Davis back will be big for this offense. Remember, Corey didn't play in the first Patriots game a few weeks ago. But in his absence, Denzel Mims has done a nice job and has certainly, I think, carved out maybe a little bit of a role for himself moving forward, even when Corey Davis's knee is ready to go and he can get back out there on the field. So just another weapon, another target, I think would be beneficial for this offense. And, of course, Sheldon Rankins is still out. He's got that elbow. He's going to miss a few weeks. And George Fant still not ready to get on the practice field as he's working his way back from a knee as well. You know, just trying to get a little bit healthier on that offensive line before they have to, you know, decide for good whether these guys are going to come back and help or not help and stretch run. I I mean, right now, every game that both of these teams, talking about the Jets and the Giants, every game these teams play the rest of the season is in essence going to be like a playoff game. It really is. Because you have to find a way to get to 10 wins. You know, we talked about it a lot last week. Giants took care of their business by beating the hapless Houston Texans. That's what you're supposed to do. doesn't matter if it was ugly. doesn't matter if it was only by eight points or whatever. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. 
And not to say that the Jets should beat the New England Patriots this week. I don't even know if they're favored for the game. I haven't even seen the line. I could care less. But if you, if you fashion yourself a playoff team, you go up to New England and you beat the Patriots, right? You think you're the better team, you go beat them. And you know what? Jets were the better team, I think, a couple of weeks ago with the exception of the mistakes they made. But in terms of just line up mano a mano, beat the guy that's across from you, Jets are a better football team than New England is. But the Jets made too many mistakes at the worst times, and that's what contributed to that loss a couple of weeks ago. Quarterback threw a couple up for grabs. We know that. We've talked about it. You know, Robert Sala even said it today. He was asked about the quarterback, and, you know, that's always going to happen because he's the most important player on the field. And Robert Sala even said that, you know, still the lingering effects from that Patriots game and the performance that Zach Wilson had, the term he used was he's being held hostage by that one game by people outside the building. Media, fans, whoever, talking heads, because they were bad throws. They were throws that you can't make in those, can't make at any time, much less in those critical situations of the football game. You know, and they didn't get any favors either with that questionable roughing the passer call on John Franklin Myers, which wiped out a pick six. You know, that thing stands at 17-3, and we might be having a different conversation. We might be talking about a team that, you know, didn't lose to the Patriots. But the fact that they came back last week, gathered themselves, beat the Buffalo Bills, you know, says a lot about where this team is and where ultimately they could go. But if you want to be taken seriously, you want to take that next step, you know what you got to do? You got to beat this team. Go up there and beat the Pats. You know, 13 straight losses. I, I, I mean, enough is enough. They have the talent. They have the ability. And we're going to spend a lot of the week talking about it. A lot of the week. As you would expect, because it's the next best game or the next biggest game on the schedule. You know, we were talking about the Vikings earlier, too, when I was already like starting to think about that Jet-Viking game on, I believe it's December the 4th. Jets keep winning games. Vikings keep winning games. That could be one that maybe is played a little bit later in the day, if you know what I'm saying. If NBC is looking to maybe flex into a, another primetime vehicle, that could be one to target. Hey, we come back. Go around the NFL in what was a wild week 10 in the National Football League. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN.